Hey everybody and welcome to the latest edition of Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 23. I'm your host, Stephen Westaway. Massive round of rugby league coming up. We've got a, some huge matches three weeks away from the start of the 2021 finals campaign, including the Rabbitohs versus the Penrith Panthers, second versus third slot battle. We're going to see it in three weeks in the first week of the finals. we get an exclusive preview look uh, this weekend, which is going to be crazy, but there's a couple of things I want to address before we get into the round, and the first and most important is uh, the safety of everybody. I mean, if you guys live in Australia at the moment, you know that the new Delta variant of the COVID um, disease has started to spread, and it's been spreading all across the world as well, so I hope everybody's staying safe. If you're like myself and live in New South Wales, which I know a lot of my listeners do, I hope that you guys are, are out there staying safe as well. The whole state has now entered a a lockdown period. Um, us down here in the Illawarra have been in that for quite some time, and obviously big parts of Sydney have been as well. But uh, we've had only over 600 new cases today, so please, everybody, stay safe out there. Don't take unnecessary risk, and I hope you guys have an avenue um, where you can uh, stay sane and and get through this together, and we can get through it as a community and, and hopefully get back to some sort of normality coming up in the future at some point. I mean, this podcast for myself is an avenue where I get to express myself and, and talk about the things I love in terms of rugby league. My other podcast, uh, my movie podcast, is really an avenue there. So these are things that I do to, to keep sane, and obviously the movie one stopped because me and my co-host haven't been able to record together in person. But I'm glad to keep this one going, and I hope you guys have enjoyed it in 2021 so far. Before we get to all the action around 23, I'm going to also have an announcement on the future of the show, and um, that will be coming up in a moment. But before we do that, I just want to take a minute to uh, to send out um, some support and and uh, you know some and some prayers to Andrew Feeder and everything he's been going through since the weekend, um, going to hospital with struggling breathing, um, and. Uh, he was placed in an induced coma, I believe it was Sunday night that he was in pla- uh, placed in that induced coma. So uh, he had surgery yesterday, it was successful. So um, I hope it's a full recovery for him, whether that means Andrew Feeder has a, a future Cronulla Sharks uh, in terms of playing rugby league again is is undecided and uh, unconfirmed, obviously, but we hope he makes a full recovery. We sh- uh, I'm sure that he will, and I'm sure he will be involved in rugby league again in some way and when I think of Andrew Fafita I think of uh, two things that come to mind straight away the first one of course is the grand final in 2016 where the uh, the Melbourne Storm got over the top of uh, of uh, or the Sharks beat the Melbourne Storm to win their maiden and only premiership and his form in that 2016 season was absolutely outstanding and obviously it cemented his legacy when he scored a try in that fantastic narrow winning that Korean final for Cronulla. He scored the match-winning try. So that'll be remembered forever. Um, and in 26, uh, 2017, Game 1 of State of Origin, I believe the New South Wales Blues beat the Queensland Maroons 28-4 to up there in Queensland. It was supposed to be the start of a new era. That didn't happen that year. But Andrew Rafita led from the front in that game. It was an absolutely inspiring performance. And, you know, I know that he's a polarizing figure in rugby league. Some people are big fans, some people aren't. But at the very least, you've got to respect... Everything he's given to the game to the point where it's looked like, and I don't know whether this is true or not, that his body is, you know, slowly being deteriorating in terms of his back and his knee problems throughout his career. But he's been an absolute warrior, and I hope, and we all hope that you make a full recovery. And if you wish to continue your rugby league uh, career, I hope you get a chance to do that. So, uh, prayers and thoughts out there to Andrew Fafita 
All right, so we're going to get into the into the rant shortly. I won't keep this for too long, but I just want to give you an update on the future of this podcast, Steve's NRL Footy Tips. Now, going into 2021, I had plans to, you know, really change how the podcast was ran, and I hope to get a lot of guests in and to provide their opinions. And I managed to get a, a great guest in Matt Cosgrove early in the year, but because of everything that's been going on in this new COVID variant. It just hasn't um, hasn't been able to expand like I've hoped it would. I enjoy doing the podcast. I love our passionate uh, fan base that I've been managed to build over the past two years, and it's been great doing the podcast. But yeah, we just haven't had haven't been able to get the guests um, that I've hoped in the season because of the the situations in the real world. I am happy to announce that Steve's and our Fruity Tips will be returning in twenty twenty two, but it's going to be a revamped. Uh, and our all free tip podcast. There's some changes that I want to make, and uh, some I'm sure you guys really like. Some guys, some of you might not like these changes, but I'm in a position in my life at the moment where, uh, if anything, since the latest spike and since COVID really started, I've gotten busier. If anything, I mean, work uh, in my field has picked up tremendously um, in terms of customers, and um, we've been kept really, really busy throughout the whole pandemic. So. Um, I'm at a position in my life where I love talking about rugby league. I've got my criticisms of the of the sport as a whole recently, but I still love watching the game. I still love talking about the game, and I'm the kind of guy that you could approach down the street and I'd talk to rugby league about anyone, uh, with anyone, about anything with anyone. So, um, yeah, but because of because of how busy I've been and because of the situation that's going on out there, I'm unable to watch every minute of rugby league these days. I can't watch all 80 minutes of all eight games. So. Next year, what I'm hoping is I'm hoping to get some valued guests, and I'm going to be looking for some different opinions and some different opinions to myself so we can get some different insights into rugby league. Hopefully, the pandemic allows that. But if not, um, the show will be revamped in some other ways anyway. Some other changes I want to make. Um, since this is an NRL footy tipping podcast, and you know I give my tips to you guys every week, and sometimes they're great. Like two weeks ago, I got eight out of eight, and last week I got seven out of eight. Sometimes they're not so great, but really it's just a reason for me to express myself and and talk about my love of the game and all things that are currently happening in the in the sport of rugby league. But uh, in my experience in being in footy tipping comps and seeing uh, how some people tip, it a pattern has occurred in my life and that's the common person that doesn't have an interest in rugby league and doesn't really know much or anything about the sport of rugby league they seem to be able to get a lot of tips right now maybe it's because they're not over analyzing the game or maybe it's because they're just picking random numbers but i really get amazed every time i enter a footy tip and comp and see someone that has no experience or, or, or no interest in watching the sport uh, or only know you know a little bit of information about it. They might support a team, but they're not watching the games closely. Um, and sometimes they just go crazy and go fantastic in, in in footy tips. So what I want to do next year is I want to bring in on board somebody, and I'm going to be looking for this person in the next couple of months that knows absolutely n- very little, absolutely nothing about rugby league. And I want to get their tips every week. Um, I don't know whether they'll be on the show physically, but they're going to give me my tips every week. And we're going to see how they go. It's going to be uh, tips from a non-rugby league fan, and I'm going to compare them against my tips every week. And I wouldn't be surprised in 2022 if the person that knows nothing about rugby league uh, ends up getting more tips correctly um, than someone that absolutely loves the game like myself. So uh, it's going to be an interesting concept. I hope that's one that you guys enjoy. And 
and put on board. Any feedback about any of these changes, just let me know. The other things that I want to add to um, the show next year, not just guests, not just the the tips from a non-rugby league fan, but I also want to, uh, just to not get tired, to keep the show fresh and to keep it interesting for myself, I'm also going to introduce some fortnightly segment, segments and they're going to alternate each week. Now, one of these fortnightly segments is going to be the history of a rugby league legend. We're just going to look back into the career of, of someone I choose, someone that might be relevant for the fortnight or, or someone that uh, I would love to talk about. And I'm going to look back at their career and we're going to talk about their career highlights. I could pick someone like Nathan Highmarsh one week, someone like Andrew Johnson next. We're just going to go through their career um, of some of the rugby league's absolute best. And in the week that I don't do that, uh, I'm going to talk about a classic match. I'm going to look through a classic match in history. I'm going to watch that match. And then we're going to talk about highlights um, and the key moments and, and what impact that classic match had on the history of our great sport. So I hope you guys like all these new segments that I'm just playing with the ideas of introducing to the show next year. It's going to keep the show fresh. It's not going to, you know, I love talking about rugby league, but sometimes we can get into a bit of a grind where we're just reviewing the matches and not talking about much else. I want to make it um, inclusive and exclusive and um, and, and add a bit of a freshness, freshness to the show that might not have existed um, at certain points this year. So I hope you guys uh, enjoy the changes I'm making. hope you guys stick with me for 2022. But thank you guys for all the support so far this year. Um, in saying all that, please like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. We just jumped past the 600 like mark. Please uh, subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, our podcast and Anchor. And now let's finally get into the round around 2030. We are three weeks away from the finals. The action's heating up. There's still some top eight spots up for grabs, and there's still uh, fourth place up to grabs, which means you get two chances uh, come finals time to uh, to make your case to win the premiership. So let's get into all the action of round 23, and it all kicks off this Thursday night. All right, so from Thursday night, the round kicks off from Seabus Super Stadium up there in the Gold Coast when the Gold Coast Titans take on the Melbourne Storm at 7.50 p.m., and... For the Titans, well, after their loss to the Rabbitohs last weekend, they've got three games to try to position themselves into a top eight finish. They find themselves currently in eighth spot with nine wins and 12 losses, but they're only in the top eight at the moment. Uh, via for and against the Raiders, also on 20 points as the mo- at the moment as well. The Sharks and the Dragons and the Warriors and the Tigers all find themselves on 18 points, so... That eighth spot is well and truly still up for grabs at the moment, but you got to think for the Titans, time is running out. They need a win or two to end their season to try to cement that spot. Two two wins to be safe, um, and it, it's a tough task this week because they're versus a Melbourne Storm side that they're still rocking and rolling. They find themselves on a huge, huge winning streak at the moment. It's going. It's looking like it's going to be the biggest winning streak in history. They've won eighteen games in a row. This Thursday night, if they win, will be tied with the record that the Roosters had a long, long time ago with the most wins ever in rugby league history in uh, professional rugby league in Australia. So it's a huge, huge record that they're going for. They can get it next week, the Storm, with a win over the um, the Eels. So they're on the, on the cusp of history, the Melbourne Storm. And this week, just to prep themselves for the finals... Craig Bellamy's gone and arrested a few of his players. Now, Jerome Hughes in the Canberra Raiders game last weekend found himself on the back of a crazy high hit gone wrong by Corey Wahiranira. Now, it was an accidental shot, but it was one that was, 
you know, he, he went in to tackle him and, and Jerome Hughes is a smaller bloke and he just got it all wrong and end up pretty much knocking out Hughes. So he's sitting on the sidelines for the rest of the regular season, uh, Corey, but uh, Jerome Hughes is going to take a week off, maybe two weeks off just to recover and get set for a big, big finals campaign. But he's not the only one out this week. Brandon Smith, the Cheese, Dale Finucan, and Justin Olam all taking a rest. George Jennings is back into the lineup as well. So he's taken Dean Laramaya's spot, who's done a decent job uh, in attack at least. In Jennings's absence, uh, Laramaya had a, had a bit of a shocker last week against the Raiders in defense. So I think that's more of a, uh, a form change than anything. But they have a few out this week, the Storm. So they've responded to that by putting Ryan Papahouse and finally back into the starting spot at fullback. He'll be better from an 80-minute performance and an 80-minute run out there. Um, his minutes have been slowly and gradually increasing over the past month. And uh, Nico Hines, the man that's done such a great job at fullback this year, he, uh, he's he gone into the halves to, to take the spot of Jerome Hughes. And they've added a few guys back into the side, guys like Aaron Booth and, and Chris Lewis and Jordan Grant and Tebby Moroa, who was a former Eels himself and is a really good forward when he's on the top of his game. Cooper Johns gets his chance on the bench as well for the Storm. So this isn't the full-strength Storm side, and uh, Craig Bellamy's just taking a, a chance. As I said, to freshen up these troops, get them ready for the finals. I don't think it's a case of them taking the Titans lightly, but I think it's a case of, of Bellamy being so confident in his top-grade squad that it, he knows that the guys that he's going to put in to replace these guys to get a rest are going to be hungry for the opportunity to uh, to prove themselves before the finals chance and maybe even nab a bench spot uh, come finals. So um, they're versing a Gold Coast Titans side. As I said, it's their last run of the dice almost. They have to at least put in a good performance. They don't want to get flogged here because that even brings in teams like the Raiders back into the contention for the eighth spot just on for and against. And the last time these two teams played, the Titans almost got over the top of the, the Storm, who were without their origin players admittedly. But the young fullback that's come in to replace AJ Brimson, who's got a um, a fracture this week, is Jaden Campbell. And I think he made his debut in that Storm game earlier the year, and he was fantastic. Um, they also have that big Mo Fodawaker, who's been a great player uh, for them so far this year. And Jamil Fogarty comes back in the side for, for Toby Sexton, who I thought had done a really good job this year. So I'm not sure why he's out, but... Um, you know, for this Gold Coast Titans team, a lot of teams, a lot of pundits and a lot of uh, fans predicted that it would make the finals this year, and they've been disappointing. But it's been a similar story to the end of 2020. They've gone on a bit of a run in the back end of the season. It needs to be a solid performance because after this game, um, the Titans, to end their season, they have the, goal, uh, the Newcastle Knights who are in seventh spot at the moment, and then they end the year at the Warriors. So they're two winnable games for the Titans. But it has to start this week. They have to get some confidence and, and really take it to the Melbourne Storm, just like the Canberra Raiders did last week. Um, it was a good performance by then. The Titans need something similar. They need their big guns to fire, like David Fafita, who had a quiet game against the Rabbitohs last week. But overall, you can't tip against this Storm team. They're about to equal the most wins ever in rugby league history. I'm excited to watch it. And then they have a chance to break it next week against the Parramatta Eels. I've got the Melbourne Storm by 16, despite the lack of players um, of their first-grade squad that are playing this week. I still think they've got more than enough to take care of a uh, Gold Coast Titans team that have been disappointing this year, but I think they're going to put up a bit of a fight on Thursday night. All right, which just takes us to the 6 p.m. Friday game, and this one will take place at Suncorp Stadium, the first of a two 
game double header up there on Friday night. It's a big Friday night of football. Some big games here, and the first one is the Canberra Raiders versus the Manly Seagulls. The Raiders, they came close last week against the Storm. It was a good performance by them. They just... Uh, a couple, they, they gave the Storm a couple of chances, and the Storm really capitalized, especially in the last 20 minutes of that first half. They started that game well, but at the end of the day, they just couldn't uh, couldn't kick on with it. It was a brave fight back in the second half, um, but at the end of the day, they, they are going to want a more complete performance this week. They're currently in ninth position. For me, this game is a do-or-die game for the Raiders. If they did not win this game... I don't think they're going to be playing finals in 2021. And we know how mixed it's been. There's been inside turmoil there at that club. They need a huge performance this week. And it's not going to be easy because they're versus a mainly Seagull side that has really taken the rugby league world by storm in the last few months. Ever since Tom's Turbo came back to that side in 2021, it's been one of the best, if not the best ever, individual season in NRL history. I've never seen a run of form like it. It's been absolutely outstanding by him. And mainly, they're on the, the prefaces of making the top four. They've just got to manage to get past the Sydney Roosters and, and the top four spots theirs. And if they win all three games, it will be theirs. Now, the, the big word coming out of this game all week, will they or won't they play Tom Tarorovich? At first, it was thought that he, was, he suffered um, an injury that was going to keep him out uh, for the regular season. Um, then he came out and said, no, no, I'm, I'm all right. Um, the cheekbone's not that bad. But... It's, it's a classic Des Hasler strategy now. In the late 2000s, he was known for deceiving media and deceiving opposition teams in the teams that he would name and the team that would actually run out. Now, the fact that Tom Jarovic has been named in number one, you could take it either two ways. Either Des is really confident of playing him or he's going to wait until the last hour and then sub him out because they've got um, Fuda, not in their 17, but in their 21, and Kay Cuffs that can both go there, uh, come into the 17 and do a job. They've got Dylan Walker that can easily um, that can easily come into the starting lineup, and Garrick can always go back there at fullback. So they've got options, mainly, um, and we know the presence that Tom Tarurovic has on this side, so much so that I think that I might, tip the, I might have tipped the Raiders if uh, Tom wasn't playing, but... It's very, very undecided whether he's going to. And, and one thing you can say about Manly is in games in the last couple of months where Tommy hasn't been there, they've still had really good performances. Um, the fact that Tommy has raised them to such an, a level where they're confident without him um, is really a good sign for this club as they try to beat Melbourne week one of the finals if they make the top four. So um, the likes of Cherry Evans... Um, has been great in the last month. Him and Foran have really controlled the team around well. Lock and Croker's playing good football. Their big forwards are so electric. Guys like Olukowatu and Josh Schuster, they're ball playing forwards. And uh, in the case of Olukowatu, he's just such a strong and damaging runner of the football that even if Tom Trojevic is out, it's going to be such a tough ask for the Canberra Raiders because Manly are flying at the moment. They're full of confidence. Um, it was a great win over Parramatta um, last week. And... Poor old Parramatta. Well, they've got some huge problems there that we're going to get to shortly. But merely keep flying on, and they're, they're almost there. They're almost in the top four. They're currently only out of it by a four and against. Um, it's even a close battle there. I mean, what what? let's have a look. Manly has a positive four and against of, as I get it up, of, 200, uh, sorry, of 205. They're actually out by two points, but they've got a better four and against than the Roosters, 28 points, 13 wins. The Roosters having a four and against 141. So if the Roosters just drop one game and merely keep winning theirs, um, the Roosters have you know a game against the Rabbitohs coming up. Uh, merely can, can quite easily finish in the top four. 
It's just that this game seems like the only danger uh, for the rest of the regular season. If Tommy doesn't play, I think it'll be very, very close. If Tommy does play, I still think Kingaburra will be up for this fight. I think Ricky's going to have him rearing and ready to go. But I, you need to see guys like Jack Wyden and Sam Williams really take it, the contest by the scruff of the neck and uh, really lead this Canberra Raiders side around because I think their forwards are starting to play some good football. I still think Rapan has been a, a, a great... Uh, Rapan has been a great revelation there at fullback. But they just need to put it together for, for a complete performance like they almost did last week against the Storm. I expect further improvement in this week. But I'm still leaning towards tipping mainly by four points just because of the confidence that they're playing with at the moment. Alright, so that's a blockbuster game to start your Friday night. But the second game, without a doubt, is the contest, the match of the week. The Penrith Panthers versus the South Sydney Rabbitohs from 8.05pm on Friday night from Suncorp Stadium. These teams, they played earlier this year. Uh, and for the Rabbitohs, they've only lost two games to two teams this year. And it was to the Storm twice and to Penrith once. They met back in round 11, and it was the Penrith Panthers victorious that day, 56-12. And it was the game that was so disappointing for the Rabbitohs fans, considering the Rabbitohs were pretty much full strength at Wayne Bennett. He entered the locker room, left without saying a, saying a word, and uh, didn't even acknowledge his, his players that day. It was so disappointing, especially when you thought the Rabbitohs were on the cusp of something special, and they, they came out and were, and were terrible. But since then... They won 10 in a row, and they broke an all-time history-making stat last week. They're the only team since 1908 uh, to score 30 points in eight consecutive games. That's a huge stat for them. The fact that they're scoring so many points in games is huge. Cody Walker's just had one of the great individual seasons. I know we all talk about Tom Tarovich, but Cody Walker's form this season has been absolutely outstanding. That left-hand edge of him... Latrell Mitchell, Dane Gagai, and Alex Johnston in the last month, Josh Mansell, has just been so electric um, that you just feel like this South Sydney Rabbitohs side is on the on the prefaces of something special. I mean, it's Wayne Bennett's last year. He's got him in form at the right time of the season. Adam Reynolds leaving the club as well, going to the Broncos after this season. Their premiership window is closing the Rabbitohs, and I think they realise that. And I think after three straight preliminary finals losses in 2018, 19, and 20, and obviously last year was to the Penrith Panthers, that they're ready to uh, to break this 50-point uh, record of you know teams not being able to, to win after conceding 50 points in a season. Um, and all these guys that are playing, like you've got Josh Mansell on one wing for them, Mark Nichols making the starting team, they're playing their way into the team. There's a highly competitive environment where guys are, are really earning their spot to the point where guys like... Uh, Tough and, and Jaden Sewer, who have both had good season for the Rabbitohs, they can't find themselves into the first grade side. So it's a healthy competition there. And the fact that they've won 10 in a row, which is the first time any Rabbitohs side has done that since 1989, they didn't even do that in 2014 when they won the Premiership. It's good signs for the Rabbitohs. And there's going to be a big test for them this week because they've got the Penrith Panthers, who they will be versing in three weeks' time. It will be a second versus third contest. Because it's up there in Suncorp, it doesn't really matter where these teams finished. If you finish second, you usually get the home ground advantage. But if it's all happening up in, in, in Queensland, which it looks like it's 100% happening with the current situation in New South Wales, then this is the perfect test for a team like South Sydney to gauge where they're at. Because the only time they've lost the Storm and Penrith this year, they've been horribly outclassed. They've beaten every other team in the competition. 
they get their chance to really make a statement here. If they don't win the game, the Rabbitohs are going to want to come as close as possible to get that confidence to know that they are capable of being the top sides in this competition. And you've got to think that now's the time. Latrell's looking great. Cody Walker's looking great. Adam Reynolds is looking great. If they're ever going to do it, if they're ever going to beat one of these top teams for the finals, it's going to be this week against Penrith. And, um, you know, looking over to the Penrith side, well, they were kind of in cruise control last week against the Dragons. It wasn't a great performance by them. Nathan Cleary came back from injury. But I think Penrith had one eye to this game, and it was all about Cleary getting some match fitness before he went into this contest. And it's an interesting situation to see how he's going to manage to shoulder. I mean, Cooper Cronk in 2019 managed to win a premiership with a busted shoulder. Whether they can do it again this year, it, it remains to be seen. But, I mean, this side is firing to the point where they're still missing guys like Brian Toe and, and James Fisher-Harris, who have been two of their best players this year. They're going to be fresh and ready to go to finals. So, the fact that they're losing a, a full-strength South Sydney Rabbitohs side and they're not full-strength themselves, is, uh, and if they can win this game, they're going to take some huge amount of confidence from them because... You know, they were unbeatable at the start of the season, Penrith, but the last couple of months with Origin and the grueling campaigns and the, the amount of games these guys have had to play and lift for, um, it, it's hurt them. But uh, if if Cleary can just get them along these next couple of weeks, get build some confidence, get some wins, they're going to be riding the mix come finals, and they're a huge chance to win their first premiership since 2003. The fact that they've got guys like Pengai Jr., um, We'll boost them, and Fisher-Harris is in the reserves this week. I think he'll be back next week, just get some match fitness. Um, it really gives an opportunity to guys like Moses Leota and Matthew Eisenhoff to really make their their presence felt and, and be a key, key part of a potential premiership campaign. Even guys like Brett Naden, who has got his chance in the last month before he goes to the Bulldogs next year. These are the opportunities that these guys are going to make the most of if they want to be uh, a part of this finals campaign coming up for him. And the fact that they have Cleary and Luai and Dylan Walker and Appy Chorus here all back and playing together for the first time in a while, you've got to be confident if you're a Panda Panthers fan. But you're looking over at your opponent, you're looking at how good the CFs are going, and that's basically what you guys were doing a couple of months ago uh, there at Penrith. So it's going to be a hell of a game Friday night, and I think it's going to be decided over um, the energy from both sides and... I just think that Seas have a little bit more energy at the moment. I mean, if they can get on top of Penrith's forward pack early, the big Seas Sydney forward pack guys like Thomas Burgess and, and Kalama Tungy both having fantastic seasons, Cook and Murray starting to hit form as well, uh, then I think that Seas can score some points and score them fast. I don't think we're going to see another 50 to 6, 12, uh, 56 to 12 blowout like we did in round 11. But I think both teams are going to be up for it. I think it's going to really have a feel of the finals contest. And this is the most excited... I've been to watch a rugby league game since State of Origin. I think it's going to be a huge game. I don't know which way it's going to go. The South Sydney Rabbitohs fan in me wants to tip the Rabbitohs. The, the rugby league analysis in my team really doesn't know because CS are playing with a huge amount of confidence. Penrith have almost been unbeatable for the last two years. And um, the last year's preliminary final... See us, if, if Adam Reynolds could kick it one more meter, get that 40-20, they could have stolen the game in the last minute. So I'm excited to watch this match. I think it's going to be a great game of football. I'm leaning towards tipping the Rabbitohs just because what I'm seeing from them at the moment is a team that wants it more um, at the moment, at this point of the year, than Penrith, who are just trying to get some confidence back and, and prepare themselves for a big finals campaign. But I think see us already now. And I know we're three weeks out from the finals. That might not be the most healthiest thing that see us already now. 
But I think if the green finals played tomorrow between South Sydney and, and, and Penrith, obviously you've got the whole Melbourne situation. I think South go into it with favourites, even though they're not favourites in the tab right now, because I think they're playing with just a, a great brand of football, attackive spark. Their defence sometimes isn't there, but it is improving. And I think that at the moment, Seahawks have more confidence than Penrith. So I'm tipping Seahawks by six points, but I think it's going to be a hell of a contest come Friday night. Well, yeah, that Friday was exhausting. If you guys managed to get through that, you've got a Super Saturday coming up, which you guys know is my favorite time of the week. And man, this podcast is re- re-energizing. It's getting me excited for the weekend of football. And uh, to be honest, I haven't felt this excitement for a while. We're heading into the finals. It's an exciting time of the year. The, uh, the Super Saturday action kicks off from 3pm from Brian Park when the West Tigers take on the Cronulla Sharks. If there's anything that's going to get me less excited to watch rugby league, it's watching the West Tigers. Now, credit where credit's due. They were pretty good last week against the Cowboys for a lot of that game, but they still managed to slip up and, and let the Cowboys back in that game. And the Cowboys almost stole it from under them. They, they managed to get enough to, to win that game. And I think it's, what, two or three in a row there for the Tigers now. So... Maybe Tiger Land is helping him. Maybe Tiger Land, uh, the documentary, is, is, is getting them up for games. And and you, you can see that they're a club that wants to be better than they are. But at the moment, uh, you know that there needs to be some key personnel changes. Michael McGuire is there fighting for his job. They're versing a Tigers to- side at the moment who... Uh, they're, sorry, they're versing a Sharks side at the moment who had a, ga- a chance to win that game against Newcastle last week. And we all know the Andrew Fafita situation and stuff that I mentioned at the start of the broadcast, and that's horrible news for him. But uh, it's a game that they could have won Cronulla, and uh, if they did, they'd find themselves in the eight at the moment, or, or, or in the in the battle for the eight at least. They're still in that battle, but they, they're at a point where they need to win probably three of the games, all three of these games, because they do have a, a pretty poor for and against. And my problems with Penrith are, are the same they've been uh, for the last couple of months. Now, they're, they're a workhorse side. Um, and you could see it in their defense against the Knights last week. They'll commit it in that game. Um, and they really wanted the win. And, and Josh Hanna got those guys up and ready to fire. But when it comes down to it, the match experience, guys like Will Kennedy, who's playing good football. Connor Tracy, who's had a good season. Trindle's doing some good things. He's the halfback. And Blake Braley, it's just not, compared to a lot of clubs, it's not that that match, big game experience that you want to see from these guys. And these guys need to find a way to put it together and, and get the most from their forwards who are hard workers, guys like Toby Rudolph and Aaron Woods. But they need to put it all together um, and get some wins on the board because they've been so many, so close so many times this year, the Sharks, that uh, you just got to think if they won some of those tight matches, they wouldn't even be in trouble right now. They'd probably be in fifth or sixth place on the ladder. So... For Cronulla, it's a very important week. And, and the Tigers, they're, they're starting to play with some confidence. Adam Dewey has had a great season. Um, Luke Brooks, he's, he's pretty much playing for his future at the moment. Jackson Hastings is coming to the club in 2022. So Luke Brooks' future is clouded at the club. Moses Denbye announced this week too that he signed the Dragons. But they want to end the year on a positive note. They probably can't make the finals. But the fact that they're, you know, even somehow still alive in the hunt is promising for this Tigers side because... Um, ever since um, the, the documentary really started gripping the world, they have been playing some better football. And, and there's some young talent in this club that have really uh, made an impression this year. Guys like Stefano Okamanu in, in particular, Adam Dewey, as I've mentioned many times, this Tlungi um, player off the bench has been really good. Um, so they've got some talent there, but me and they need to recruit well in the next couple of seasons. And they, um, 
they need to find a way to get a winning culture into the club. And for the Sharks, I think Fitzgibbon's going to add that next year, but I'm not so sure about the Tigers. Uh, Michael Maguire, I think, is a great coach, but he can't do it all alone. The players need to have that desire that other clubs have, and at the moment, I don't know if they do have that. I'm going to tip Cronulla just because, as I said, they need to win all three games to keep their season alive, and I think they're going to want this game a little bit more, but... Like Cronulla always do, um, I don't think they're going to make it easy for themselves. Um, they seem to clock in and clock out in contests. And the Tigers got some confidence. And uh, when the Tigers have some confidence, their defense might not be up to it for the fight. But they can always seem to score some points pretty quickly. I've got the Sharks by four points in this contest. But I think it's going to be a pretty close encounter. All right, the 5.30 game of Super Saturday takes place from Seabus Super Stadium. It's the first of another doubleheader. This one is the Bulldogs versus the Newcastle Knights. The Knights, they're starting to hit some real good form, and it's on the back of their playmakers finally playing some football together. Uh, Ponga, Clifford, Pierce, Braley, they're starting to get comfortable playing football with each other again. They've been welcomed by, you know, some guys that have come back from injury recently. Brad and Best being great. Um, him and, and Tyson Rizal has been good as well. He's out this week. I think he's suspended for the round. Uh, Watson's been really good for him as well. So is David Clemmer. He finds himself back into the starting team this week because of the exclusion from uh, Saifidi, who I think has got a minor injury. But they're really prepping themselves for a, a finals campaign. And they've been so inconsistent this year in Newcastle, but they're finally putting it together. Jay Clifford um, looks like he's got a promising future ahead of this club. He's, he's playing some good football, and I'm liking what I'm seeing from Newcastle. But like it's been for Newcastle the last three or four years, they just lack that inconsistent. They've lacked that consistency. They've been too inconsistent, um, and sometimes they just really struggle to ice games like they did on Sunday against the Sharks. They managed to get over the line, but they did not make it easy for themselves. And they're versing a, a bulldog side that we know are always going to be in contest. They're always going to be fighting. They're not going to make it easy for the opposition. Um, and they really took it to the Warriors at key moments of that game last week, and the Warriors managed to win that game 24-10, but I think that the uh, the game was a lot closer than the scoreline suggested. Uh, they, you know, have still got um, the the recruits over from the Raiders on board. Ryan James and Corey were here and nearer. Luke Thompson finds himself back in the side this week, so their forward pack, I think, is going to be up for the challenge against Newcastle, but... It's their edges and their and their halves. Guys like Avarillo and, and Flanagan are their halves this week. They change, seem to change it every week. It's uh, it's going to be a tough ask for him to win here. And Trent Barrett, I think he's obviously looking towards 2022, but he wants to end this season on a high note. If they can find a victory in the next coming weeks, they've got some easier contests um, apart. I think they got merely last round, which isn't easy, but I think the next two games they might have winning winnable matches. Um, but... You know, they're looking forward to next year and they're, they're looking forward to, to fixing this club in the future. And a lot of these guys are going to be showing the door um, for the end of the year. And some of these guys are still unsigned for next year. So they're going to be making, trying to make a good impression and get re-signed there by the club. But uh, for me, Newcastle, they're, they're finding a groove at the right time of the season. They're going to get through this game and get to bigger challenges. But I think they win here in the Knights and I think they pretty much cement themselves within a top eight spot this season. And I think they're destined potentially for a, a Parramatta showdown week one, the Eels out of form um, versus Newcastle, six versus seventh. I think we're going to see it in three weeks' time. All right, we find ourselves at the 7.30 game now, the second of the doubleheader up there at Seabus Super Stadium on Saturday night. The Parramatta Eels versus the North Queensland Cowboys. Parramatta, where do we even begin with them? I mean, we talked about them extensively on the show last week, and 
had our down on confidence, but they needed a big performance against the Manly Seagulls side that, you know, you had that rivalry, that history of hatred between those two clubs. And Parramatta, where well, they faltered massively, and they've made some changes to uh, to change that this week. Uh, Opacek and Oldfield are the team. They've been replaced by uh, Panisi, Will Panisi, and Hayes Dunster. Michael Oldfield, I think, is a little bit of the four guy. The Manly Seagulls' uh, attack is so dynamic. They were, they were just dominating over there on that left-hand side, but I don't know if it was Michael Oldfield's defense, uh, defense was the problem. I just think that the whole side at the moment uh, are, are lost. and They're lost in attack. They can't seem to score points, but they're playing like individuals out there. They're not playing like a team. I know Clint Gufson's got some uh, some negative opinions over the past week, but what I'll say about Clint Gufson is that he generally wants this club to be the best it can be, and he might not be captain material. He might be immature Clint Gufson, but... Uh, he just wants them to be the best they can be. Mitchell Moses and Dylan Brown are horribly out of form. And in terms of defense, they're just not sliding enough. Um, they just seem to have no answers. Brad Arthur seems to have no answers to the point where he's given these players um, like some days off training. They're going to try to get away from football and try to refocus. And, and really, he wants the players to look in their heart and see exactly what they want to get out of this season because at the moment, it's falling away so quickly for a team that was... Um, Looked destined for a top four spot uh, a month ago. It's just faded away so quickly, like it seems to do very often for this Parramatta Eels side, at least in the last few years. And Brett Arthur's under pressure. The whole club's under pressure. I don't know how Dylan Brown's avoided pressure. I mean, he's got two try assists this season. For a starting 5-8, that's awful. And Mitchell Moses, you know, he's got these back problems at the moment. But again, seems to be unsure of himself in the big moments, in the big contests. And what Guffo's trying, they just seem to lack that X factor and someone to lift the side, uh, which is the complete opposite of the team they were versing last week in Manly. Tom Trojevic, you know the influence he had. Parramatta don't have anyone like that. They have to work together to get through this. They've gotten tight in their defense, and it's all got to come from within the club. Whatever the in-club fighting is, it's got to stop because Parramatta have to get it together if they're going to be any threat at the end of the year. I think at the moment, if the Eels were to finish 6th and, and Newcastle were to finish 7th, that Newcastle would actually eliminate them from the comp the first week of the finals, which would be a disastrous result for the club, and I think that would be the end of Brad Arthur's tenure there. So um, they need to find a way to put it together, but uh, they need to simplify, get back to doing what they're doing. Simple stuff. Work on your defense. Um, work on your kicking game. Complete well. Stop with the... Uh, the unforced handling errors everywhere, and just be there for each other. We're not playing like individuals. Play like a club that wants to make an impact in the finals because at the moment, I don't know whether it's the lockdown and, and the fact that they've had to spend so time, much time at the moment and all the situations up there um, in Queensland, but they need to find some answers. They need to find them really quick, and it's got to start this week against the Cowboys because if these guys don't perform against the Cowboys, Brad Arthur could be gone before the end of the year, and if and if they lost to the Cowboys, I'd be changing, making significant changes to this first-grade side because some of these guys at the moment are not playing first-grade standard. And it's not Michael Oldfield's fault that the rest of the team didn't start to, to help cover him and make some of these tackles on, on some immediately star players. They all have to be accountable. They all have to fix it. And it's got to start this week against the Cowboys because the Cowboys, they're in a terrible losing streak. They haven't won a game for a, a very long time. I thought it was going to come against the Tigers last week. It didn't. They find themselves now in a... The biggest losing streak in the comp. They've lost nine games in a row. Tom Dearden, he's trying his ass off out there, but he has not won a game for, I think it's 23 matches now as a starting NRL halfback. The club has to put in some good performance. Todd Payton, 
It's got to be answers pressurely at the Cowboys. It just has gone wrong. At one point, they thought like the, they looked like they were getting it together, but it's just Scott Drinkwater and 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 Dearden are trying, but their forwards are just non-existent at points. They're just not making an impact, and they just don't have the roster, I think, to to compete against. Um, most of these teams in this comp, and I think that it's just going to get worse there at the Cowboys before it gets better next year. I've got the Eels in this game by 14 points, and I think they've got to make something. They've got to make an impression. They've got to make a statement to say that they're not done uh, for the season this game, but it's going to be a very intriguing game because I don't know if Parramatta at the moment have it in them. They need to find it during this week, and they need to bring it come Saturday night. Alright, which leads us to the Sunday game. We've got two games left of the round. The first one kicks off at 2pm from Clive Burhover Stadium up there in Queensland when the St. George Law Dragons take on the Sydney Roosters. And really, it's just two sides that couldn't be any more different than each other. Both these sides have had injury problems this year, and especially with the Dragons recently, but it's been the Roosters that have been able to overcome free retirements for free of their star players. Tordner, Friend, Brett Morris... Season injury and injuries to other guys like Keary and guys that have missed substantial parts of the season, they just managed to keep going. And um, they lost to Penrith a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they weren't great against the Broncos last week. Brisbane really were in the fight. It was a good performance by them. We'll get to them shortly. But they just keep finding a way to win and finding a way to show up for each other. They don't have uh, the strongest roster at all in the NRL at the moment. And somehow they still find themselves remarkably fighting for a top-four spot. It's a credit to Trent Robertson's coaching and uh, the whole club, really, for just showing up to each other. And they've been boosted, the Roosters, as well, by the signing of Connor Watson from Newcastle this week. He is one of the game's best utilities, and uh, he'll be an asset there at that club, and he might even be able to start um, in the forwards and find a permanent home there at the Sydney Roosters, which he's been unable to lock down a full-time position there at Newcastle. So uh, it's a big game for him this week. They're versing a Dragon side... Um, who have not won a game since Barbecue Gate. They're just looking for next year. A lot of these players aren't going to be there. Guys like Dufty and, and Corey Norman um, are gone. They've signed Mitchell Moses, uh, Mitchell Moses, sorry, Moses Embi this week themselves. Um, they also welcome them guys like George Burgess and Jaden Seward to the club next year. So they've got some signings on the way, the Dragons. But they need to figure out a couple of their key positions. Guys like Jaden Sullivan, he could be in the mix to uh, to start for them this week, but he's not in the side this week. Um which is interesting. I actually, he's on the bench. He's 14. He's not starting. They picked uh, Amone to start with with Norman in the half. Stuffy's back in the side because Salone's out. Um, they just need to, you know, this is an opportunity for them in the last three weeks of the season to really fine-tune some stuff for next year and, and have a look to see, apart from the barbecue incident, where their season went wrong this year because at one point they were really overachieving and they were looking uh, like they were a genuine finals chance. But it's gone wrong quickly there at the Dragons. Um... They just need to figure out what their sword's going to look like um, next year. And what else is very interesting is that I didn't even realise this until I just checked this. Do they seriously have Josh Maguire playing hooker this week? That is a, a recipe for disaster. So I'm sorry, but Josh Maguire is not a starting hooker in the NRL. Um, he's a good player, but he's not a hooker. Um, I've got the Roosters in this game, and I think they're playing with so much more confidence than the Dragon. As I said, they just keep showing up for each other. Um, Tedesco's starting to hit some form, and he really, um, even though he made some wrong decisions, he really picked the club up last week and and, and drove them towards that victory. Their halves, um, this is an opportunity for Sam Walker and Hutchkin to to try to fine-tune a few things before the finals kick off. Adam Keegren and Martin in the centres playing good football. 
Um, they've got to do the next few weeks without Radley and Angus Croydon, so um, it's probably a good matchup for the Roosters this week versus a, a lesser club like the Dragons, and I think that the uh, the Roosters get the job done, get it done pretty comfortably. I've got the Roosters by 22 points in this contest. All right, and that leads us to the final game of the round on Sunday at Suncorp Stadium from 4.05pm. The Brisbane Broncos take on the New Zealand Warriors, and both of these teams coming um, off some good performances last week. The Warriors, they left... Round 22 with uh, the two points. The Broncos probably should have. A late penalty cost them um, their contest. A penalty that I don't think was a penalty at all by Flegger. I think the refs have to be held accountable for that. Uh, the bunker, they, they went to challenge the incorrect play of the ball. The bunker slows everything down and gives a penalty to the Roosters for a Thomas Flegger thing. And I know some people are, are saying that, well, the Radley charge down shouldn't have been a penalty. That was a penalty every day of the week. The Flegger thing, Tubanua, he moves his head slightly in a position Flegger actually clips him. Um, he didn't get charged by the match review committee. There's no way that should have been a penalty. That was the outrageous. And it just shows you that if you can slow everything down on a microscope, but when you slow stuff down, common sense goes out the window. And there's no way that that should have cost the team a game. And it worries me for the, for the finals, to be honest, because decisions like that, especially if guys are staying down, and I'm not accusing Tupanua of staying down at all, but if guys are saying down come finals time, that could cost the team a season, and we do not want that here in the NRO at all. So um, they've got a few weeks to get those those calls right, um, especially considering the ref didn't call it at the time, but the VO ref intersect, uh, the bunker kind of intercepts it and, and puts his own opinion forth. They need to get that balance ramp right before the finals. But uh, the Broncos versus Warriors, 4 o'clock on Suncorp. Both of these teams pretty much out of the race. Four finals this year. Um, the Warriors, they've got the slightest hope, but I don't think they're going to get there. Um, the Broncos, it's promising to see the fact that they're playing some really good football under Kevin Walters now. A lot of times they find themselves outclassed by the opposition, but they're fighting. They're in games, and uh, it was a great performance last week against the Roosters. Guys like Tyson Gamble's playing some really good football. Um, he adds a bit of... Uh, a bit of... I don't want to say grubbiness, but he adds a bit of... Uh, He's a competitor, and he tries his best every every game there. Uh, you, you know what you're going to get from guys like Flegger and Huss. They're, they're playing some good football. Um, Ricky and some of these young guys like like Heverington are uh, really trying to make their positions their own. So there's a healthy competition for spots there at the Broncos at the moment. Uh, Adam Rounds coming into the squad next year. I think they've really got some problems, promising uh promising times ahead in the future for the club and the Warriors on the other hand they're starting to get some wins on the board as well they finally look like they're starting to adapt to the style of football that Nathan Brown wants them to play now obviously the Warriors got the big weakness of their they've got such big forwards um but there's promising signs there uh for sure uh Sean O'Sullivan's playing some good football there uh for the Warriors as well um as starting halfback, they might have find, found a halfback in an unlikely source uh, to lead them into the future because I think he's playing a, a really good brand of football. But um, he's been named at fullback again, uh, sorry, at halfback again this week. I think he's been combining well with, with Dylan Walsh as well. And Josh Curran, we're talking about competitors. He's probably one of the, the absolute best in the NRL. As a young kid, he's such a workhorse. He reminds me of a guy like Michael Luck or a Simon Mentoring um, or a Nathan Highmarsh to a lesser extent. He always competes. Um, and I think he's going to have a big future in the game. So I'm excited to watch this game. These teams are out of finals contention, but they're both starting to play some good football um, and uh, are looking to you know have really promising 2022s and fine-tune some stuff and, and really decide what their lineup's going to look like next year. So um, I'm going to tip the Broncos because I think they're... I, I just really like the way they're competitive, uh, competing at the moment. But every time I tip the Broncos, they seem to lose. Uh, I've got the Broncos by 12 points, but I think it's going to be... 
a highly entertaining game of football. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. I'm just leaning the way of Brisbane in this one. All right, so those are my tips for round 23. I told you it was going to be a big edition of the podcast, a bit of a longer one than usual. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. Hope you guys are excited for the future of the show. Let me know in the um, comments. Send me a message. Let me know some feedback of what you think and whether you're uh, happy with the changes, the changes I'm going to be making next year. Hopefully, we can get it uh, this podcast out to more people. But I enjoy and I thank all the audience I've got uh, throughout the journey over the last two years. It's been humbling and um, it, as I said, it's really an avenue for me to talk about rugby league, which I love, and I love talking about it every week. So um, just to recap my tips for round 23, I've got, uh, on Thursday, I've got the Melbourne Storm beating the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, the Friday games, I've got Manly just getting over the top of the Raiders, and the Rabbitohs winning that blockbuster game against Penrith. Super Saturday, I've got the uh, Sharks being too strong for the Tigers. Newcastle uh, beating the, the Dogs pretty uh, comfortably, and I've got the Parramatta Eels getting back to some form against the North Queensland Cowboys. In the Sunday games, I've got the Roosters being too strong for the Dragons and the Broncos upsetting the Warriors. So those are my tips for round 23. If you're looking at a bet of a week, I didn't get it up last week, but this week I'm thinking, um, and I'm just going to go two upsets together with each other because why you might argue and you might not be confident tipping them, I think they're both big chances, and if we can we can jag it and, and, and it can come off for us, uh, you could be in a little bit of money. I think that the South Sydney Rabbitohs in with the Broncos, my two upsets, it gives you $4.20 just head-to-head both of those teams. Uh why not have a go with it? So uh, gamble responsibly if you do go on it. Don't blame me if it loses. But that's something I think uh, has a good chance of getting up. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening to the podcast this week. It's been a long one. Thank you for staying with me in the journey. I'll see you guys next week uh, as we get closer and closer. Almost there. It's almost finals time in the NRL. I'm excited. Enjoy your football this weekend, guys.